you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. Amen. I want you to turn your attention to the book of Jude one more time. The book of Jude It's the last book before Revelation. Amen. And I want to lift up the 18th and the 19th verse out of the book of Jude. Jude, and there's only one chapter, so Jude 18 and 19. If you have it, say amen. amen. It reads, They told you that in the last times there will be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. These people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. They follow their natural instincts because they do not have God's spirit. Amen. Amen. They do not have God's spirit in them. Amen. Amen. I want to share this morning from the subject of when ministry becomes a monster. When ministry becomes a monster, let us pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for this day, God. We thank you, God, for all that has come thus far. And we thank you, God, for all that shall come. We ask now, God, that you would come in all of your glory. Let your Holy Spirit rest and rule and abide in this place, God. Let your Holy Spirit have his way even in this moment. And I ask, God, that you would use me for your will and for your glory. Overshadow me now by your Holy Spirit. Have your way, Father. Have your way. And God, let your will be done. And I pray, God, that you would open our ears and help us to listen. Open our eyes, for we want to see Jesus. Then open our hearts that we might receive him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Blessed Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. When ministry becomes a monster. Many of us probably don't like watching scary movies or we don't like watching horror movies, amen. But there are some people who love watching horror movies. They love watching scary movies, amen. I'm going to date myself. I grew up watching Abbott and Costello meet the mummy and Abbott and Costello meet Dracula and things of that nature. But there was always a monster involved. Uh, and the thing was, those movies were not as bad as some of the movies that you have today. Amen. Because the monsters, most of the time in those particular movies were harmless. Amen. They didn't do much damage. They just caused people a little bit of fear here and there. But then when you move forward to today's times and when you talk about monsters, Hollywood has created some of the most devilish looking monsters that they've ever put on screen and and these capabilities of technology has allowed them to do all sorts of things now back then you know the monster might have grabbed you by the throat and choked you a little bit until you passed out or you maybe died but now monsters are ripping off arms and tearing people apart but as you began to think about that when we think about life even in life, we experience monsters. It's not just in Hollywood that we experience monsters. It's not just on television that we experience monsters. 
but it's in real life that we experience monsters. There are some people who have been the victims of sexual abuse and they've done it or had it done to them at the hands of what people would call a monster. There have been people who have even recently that have engaged in school shootings and, and people would look at those individuals and call them a monster. There are people who are abusing elderly people and, and people look at them and call them monsters. When you think about life and you think about the fact that we have monsters, even in the world that we live in, the real world, the flesh and the blood, where we have what we call monsters. But I want to go even further than that. Even in the church, we have monsters. Yes, we have monsters within the church. And when you think about monsters, and I asked somebody on last week, I said, when you think about monsters, what do you think about? And they said, scary. And it's almost like that was all that they could come up with was scary. And I said, well, when I think about monsters, I think about somebody that's causing harm or pain or destruction. Because usually monsters cause some type of harm, pain or destruction. Monsters are there to destroy. Monsters are there to wreak havoc. But when you think about the church, yes, there are some people in the body of Christ that are monsters. They are in the body, but they're wreaking havoc. They're causing pain. They're causing hurt and damage within the members of the body of Christ. So when we think about monsters in the church, yes, there are monsters in the church. And yes, there are people in the church who are responsible for the pain and the hurt of other people. Amen, lights. Amen. See, ministries become monsters when people manipulate, mistreat, and subject people to spiritual destruction. When you think about church and you think about your church experience, you probably are saying right now that I've run into some monsters. I've run into some monsters within the body of Christ. I've run into some people in the body of Christ who have hurt me. I've run into some people in the body of Christ who have caused destruction and pain in my life. When you think about that and you understand that, yes, the church is just as guilty sometimes of being a monster. And yes, the church can be just as ugly as Hollywood. Amen. And when we think about this, and I want to help us to understand today so that we can be aware of what the church turns into when we don't do things the way that God wants us to do them. And when we don't follow the commands like we talked about this morning in Sunday school, and we simply get out of the will of God. When you look at the scripture text before us, you'll see that in verse 18, it tells us that they told the last, they told you the last times there would be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. Yes, there are scoffers in life whose only purpose is to satisfy their ungodly desires. The church can become a monster when we operate from human passions. When we understand, yes, the church can become a monster when we operate from human passions passions. Don't we understand that we can't operate according to our human passions and our human desires, that we must operate according to the word and the will of God Almighty. 
See, when we operate from human compassion, human passions, we find ourselves outside of the will of God. And when you look at what the text says, they said that there were some who were scoffers. There, there were people who are murmuring and complaining. But that's nothing new. They've been murmuring and complaining since the Old Testament. There have been people murmuring and complaining all the way back in the book of Exodus. Don't we remember when the children of Israel came out of Egypt and they were on their way to the promised land? And they came out and Moses had them out there and all of a sudden the Red Sea came up. And don't you remember when they complained against Moses? Why did you bring us out here to die? We could have stayed back in Egypt. At least we had cucumber, garlic, and melon. Why did you bring us out here to die? And then Moses had to stretch out his rod like God told him and say, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. There are some in the church who will scoff. They'll mock. They'll ridicule. And I'm talking about those who are responsible for the guidance of the church. Yes, we got to be careful about coming into the church and mocking and ridiculing or being known as a scoffer or a grumbler or a complainer. In, in Proverbs 16 and 2, it says people may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. God will examine our motives, whether we are doing that is true and right or whether we're doing it out of some false or unsure motive. And then Proverbs 14 and 12 said, there is a way that appears to be right, but the end leads to death. What's saying to our priorities are off. When our priorities are off, we could be in jeopardy of making the church or the ministry a monster. We must be careful about ignoring spiritual things and following after the flesh. Yes, when we follow after the flesh and we don't go after spiritual things, the church can become a monster. Notice what it says in the text. They satisfy their own ungodly desires. When we operate in ministry trying to satisfy our own ungodly desires, the ministry can become a monster. It wasn't in my notes, but I'm going to go here anyway. When preachers are praying on the women in the church. Amen. Amen. They said amen, but they wasn't the one that should have said, but they said amen. I hear your lights. Yes, there are times when people are trying to satisfy their own desires, their own fleshly desires. The ministry can become a monster because what do you think happens to each one of those women in that church? Amen. What do you think happens to their, their mindset about the church? What do you think happens to their mindset about preachers? Amen. And y'all know they talk about preachers. Amen. Y'all like, I, yeah, I hear it. I hear all kinds of stuff that they say about preachers. Amen. People don't care what they say about preachers anymore. But maybe it's because many times the ministry has become a monster because people are leading and guiding the ministry by their own personal desires rather than the spirit or the will of God. And when we understand we must operate in the way that God is teaching us and not according to our own teachings and own desires. We've got to operate to the way that God has taught us to teach and to preach the word of God by the spirit of God. When we operate outside of that, when we find ourselves doing these things, we are in danger of making the ministry a monster. And when our teachings dishonor the lordship of Jesus Christ, be careful. Never have more allegiance to a man or a woman than you do to God. I'm going to say that one more time. Never have more allegiance to a man or a woman than you do to God. I don't care how great they preach. 
I don't care how great they teach. Never have more allegiance to them than you do to God. I don't care if they put their hand behind their ears and say, in the name of Jesus. I don't care what they do. If you have more allegiance to them than you do to God, then you're in trouble and they're in trouble and the ministry is on its way to being a monster. We got to live the way God is calling us to live. But people who turn it into a monster live the way that they want to live and don't care about God's standards. When we got people in leadership to live any kind of way and live the way that they want to live instead of living according to God's standard, it's danger of being a monster. The ministry can turn into a monster when we operate by our own human passions. We cannot operate in our own human passions. We've got to operate according to the power and the will of God. And sometimes you have to be careful, too, because we attempt to win favor with people rather than souls for the kingdom. Hallelujah. We're trying to get people on our side, but we're not caring about the souls. We're trying to get more people on our side, but we're not caring about who's on their way to hell because we haven't really preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. We haven't shared Christ in our messages. We haven't shared Christ in our teachings and people are on the way to hell. But we're more concerned about how many people are showing up because they like me and because they're on my side rather than how many people are on their way to hell because we haven't shared the gospel of Jesus Christ. The church can operate and become a monster when we operate from our own human passions. We've got to learn to operate according to the spirit of almighty God. And then we got to understand this too. When we cause division in the church, the church can become a monster. Yes, when we cause divisions in the church, the church can become a monster. Notice what it says in verse 19. These people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. Anytime you cause division in the body of Christ, you're hurting and destroying something. You may be hurting or destroying someone. And when we understand that when we don't share out of the truth of God's word, we could be in danger of causing division in the church. Understand it is our responsibility to share the truth of God's word, to share it from God himself, to share the word that God has given us to share. We got to quit writing our own scriptures. Amen. Making up our own verses and tell them what God said and not tell them what your cousin or your auntie said. Your auntie might have been drinking some boom from when they told you what they said in the first place. So you're telling them something that God didn't say. Tell them what the Lord said. I know I ain't the only one that got relatives that they get, get a little tipsy and all of a sudden they, they get spiritual. Amen. They, they get tipsy and all of a sudden they want to start singing gospel songs. Amen. They get tipsy and all of a sudden they know every scripture in the Bible. But the only time they act that way is when they got a little something, something in them. I know I ain't the only one. Amen. But we understand that the Bible says that we got to teach them the truth of God's word. The church can cause division when we stop telling and preaching and teaching the truth. 
When we are lined up with God's word, we're preaching and teaching the truth. Anytime that we get out of the line of words, God, and we are no longer lined up with the word, the God, the word, the God, the, the word of God, then we are in danger of making the church into a monster. And when we make the church into a monster, somebody's soul is at stake. When we make the church a monster, somebody's life is at jeopardy. When we make the church a monster, somebody's in danger of being hurt. Because we are no longer lined up with the word of God. We are not to make the word line up with our human passions and ideas, but we are to line up with the word. Amen. Amen. Too many times we are trying to make the word of God fit us and fit our circumstances. And I'm sure we know by now that you can take the word of God and make it say whatever you want it to say. You can take the word of God and twist it. To convince somebody that they should be doing something or not doing something. But let's let, let us be the type of ministry that will take the word of God and keep it in its proper context and tell the truth about what the scripture says. And tell the truth about what the scripture means. And tell the truth about how the scripture applies to our life. Let us be the type of ministry that is about healing and reconciliation rather than destruction and separation. And when we understand, we cause divisions in the church when we show favoritism. Hallelujah. When I favor somebody who has money, I favor somebody who has a little political clout or a little standing out in the community. And I look down on the member that, that has no standing, has no clout, they have no money. But I don't worry about what their needs are. I don't worry about what they're doing in life. But I worry about the one who has the Cadillac driving up, uh, the one who has the, the, the Maybach driving up. I'm worried about them and what their needs are. You're showing favoritism. You got to hold all members in the same esteem. You've got to hold all members in the same high view. You can't have one member over here that you treat all nice and shiny like they're some golden object. And then this other member, you treat them like they're pure trash. You got to treat them all the same. All of them need the love of Christ. All of them, you have the responsibility. You have the responsibility of being a shepherd over the entire flock. You don't abuse some of the flock and treat the rest of them well. You got to make sure that you're doing right by all of the members of the body of Christ. And it means that if we're causing division in the church, then we're causing somebody to be hurt. We're causing pain in somebody's life. We're causing somebody to feel like they're nothing in the church. We ought not have anybody in the church that feels like they're nothing. Everybody in the church ought to feel like they're somebody. Everybody that comes through the doors of the church ought to feel important because you're a child of the king. You're a child of the most high God. And when you come through the door, you ought to feel like it. When you come through the door, somebody ought to act like it. And they ought to show you that you're a child of the king. They ought to show you that you're a child of the most high God. But if you are coming in and making you feel like you're less than trash, make you feel like you're nothing, then there is a problem. Divisions in the church can create a monster in the ministry. When we understand that it's not time for us to be a part of division, but a part of us bringing reconciliation and pulling people together. And when you think about this, how many people have been driven out of the church because they say somebody hurt them? How many people have been driven out of the body of Christ because they got hurt in a ministry? I'm pretty sure all of us in here know somebody right now that said, I don't go to church. Somebody treated me wrong. 
I don't like the way they treated me. I, I, because they have let ministry turn into a monster. We've got to get back to the place where ministry is about bringing souls into the kingdom. Where ministry is about loving one another. Where ministry is about bringing healing and reconciliation into the life of those who are hurting and lost. It's time for us to reach out to those who are hurting and refuse to come back to church and tell them that we've got a loving shepherd. We've got somebody that loves the Lord first and that they love you too. And they're going to treat you like you're supposed to be treated. We've got to have those types of ministries where people are being uplifted. That's because that's what the word of God is supposed to do. It's supposed to edify us, to lift us up and build us up. And we're supposed to in turn edify God by building up the ministry and building up the kingdom of God. But if it turns into a monster because we're causing division, then we're simply destroying what God is trying to build. But let me give you some good news there. It won't work. Hallelujah. Because God's always got a remnant. He's always got somebody that's on his side. He's always got somebody that's going to do right. He's always got somebody that'll love you. He's always got somebody that'll treat you like you're supposed to be treated. So be careful about causing divisions in the church. And then lastly, I want us to see and understand as we look at the remainder of verse 19, when we are worldly minded, the church and the ministry can become a monster. Yes, when we are worldly minded, the ministry can become a monster. When you look at the last part of verse 19, it says they follow their own natural instincts because they do not have God's spirit in them. I'm pretty sure you can already see the problem. They are spiritless. They don't have the spirit functioning and operating in them. They're not functioning and operating according to the spirit. They're operating according to their own mind, their own mindset, their own human mind and understanding. We've got to get away from operating according to our human mind and understanding. We're operating in the kingdom of God. We're trying to build people up in a spiritual way according to God's plan. How can we build them up with our own mind, mind, human, human mindsets and understanding? Amen. What I think can't get you to heaven. What I think ain't going to save your soul. But what God says will. What God says will save you. What God says will get you into his kingdom. So, so we got to get away from sharing our own human mindsets with people. Understand it. Does that person teach or preach preaching line up with human reasoning or philosophy or does it line up with the word of God? When you hear a preacher or a teacher, does it line up with human reasoning and human philosophy or does it line up with the word and the will of God? You see, when we use God's word to control others for our own selfish wants and desires. Amen. Amen. Y'all looking at me kind of strange. I'm going to prove it to you. The Bible says that you give good measure, press it down and running over. Men shall give into your bosom. I need 15 people right now. Come to this altar. Give me $30 a piece. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. God will bless you. Come on, come on. God will bless you. If I twist the scripture, if I take it out of concept and use it in a manipulative way, to try to get you to do something that I want you to do. 
and then not take what you did that you think you did out of a good godly motive and you thought you were doing something according to God and according to God's word. But all I did was manipulate you to giving so that I can take it and line my own pockets. Hallelujah. When you think about people that are doing those types and it's not just about money, it's about a lot of other stuff, too, that we can manipulate people into doing things, even if we are using scripture to try to get them to do it. And then when we get them to do these things and we manipulate them into doing what we want them to do, is it of God or is it of man? We've got to make sure that if we're telling people to do this, that it's by the will of God. If we're telling them to do something, that it lines up with the word of God. That's why it pays for us to read the scriptures for ourselves. That's why it pays for us to understand and know what the word of God says for ourselves so that we're not deceived. If somebody takes a scripture out of context because you are a student of the Bible, you're doing exactly what it told you in Timothy. To study, to show yourself approved, a workman that didn't need him not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. And because you know the text and the context of the text, you won't be deceived. And when we understand that we're able to do that, we're able to lead people in the right way when we lead them by the word of God as it is given to us and according to the accuracy of it. Not according to what we have thought up in our heads and manipulate people for our own selfish wants and desires. And when we kept, we got to be careful about pushing rituals and rules rather than true righteousness. When we push rituals and rules rather than true righteousness. We're telling somebody to get saved and they haven't even gotten Christ in their life yet. I mean, we're trying to get baptized and they haven't even gotten Christ in their life yet. We're pushing the baptism rather than the salvation first. Amen. There's a whole lot of folk that went in that pool, dry devil, came up a wet one. We need to go in a dry, confessed sinner and come up a saved saint in God. But when we're pushing the ritual over salvation and true righteousness, when we're pushing rituals and, and rules rather than people living and doing right, when we're pushing all those things rather than just telling people and getting them to understand if you live by the word of God, that Sunday school lesson was on point this morning. If we live and learn and obey the word of God and live by the word of God, then we'll be pleasing unto the Lord. And if we're pleasing unto the Lord, we won't be a monster in the church. And then we got to understand this, too. It doesn't matter if it's baptism, communion or, or church attendance. If you don't do these things without accepting Jesus Christ and if you're not teaching people to accept God over the rituals and the rules, then we are in danger of becoming a monster. It may be all of these previous things that I mentioned that, that have happened because there is no teaching and preaching by the spirit of God. When we teach rules and regulations over true righteousness and true holiness and true salvation, then we may not have the spirit of God. And when you look at the last part of that verse, it said they have no spirit of God. The God they don't have God's spirit in them It's telling us there that there's a problem. And the reason that there's a monster in the church is because there's individuals in the church who don't have the spirit of God. There are people who are in pulpits who don't have the spirit of God. There are Sunday school teachers who don't have the spirit of God. There are choir members who don't have the spirit of God. The church has been overrun with people who don't have the spirit of God. And because they don't have the spirit of God, they'll say whatever they want to say. They'll cuss you out in the pulpit. They'll cuss you out in the choir lot. They'll talk about your mama out in the parking lot after church. And then somebody will come and tell you because they ain't got the spirit of discernment. They keep their mouth shut. They want to come and tell you so they can see what happened after they get told. 
Now it's a throwdown in the church parking lot and they're standing back. World star. We got to make sure that we understand that the spirit of God has to be in us and that the spirit of God has to be the motivating and guiding force of our lives. One reason I shared the message on last week, help us understand that we got to keep the fire burning by letting the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us. And as I said in that message, the Holy Spirit's job is to come in and burn a lifetime. Not temporarily, but to burn a lifetime. That meant he wants to lead us and guide us throughout the rest of our life journey. Once we get saved, he wants to lead us and guide us through the rest of our life journey. But that doesn't happen if we don't let the Holy Spirit have his way. It doesn't happen if we don't live spirit-led lives. It doesn't happen if we don't live by the truth of God's word. The spirit cannot, we have to understand, the spirit will only do what we allow him to do. And if you don't have the spirit, you can't do anything. The spirit of God cannot acknowledge anything other than the truth of God. So when sometimes the things don't feel right to you, maybe it's the spirit man in you telling you that it don't line up. Maybe it's the spirit man in you telling you that this is not right. When things don't line up and when things don't feel right, maybe you have to check yourself because only the teachings of God that are led by the spirit should be followed. When we understand only the teachings of God that are led by the spirit should be followed. When something don't feel right and don't line up, even in your spirit, as you say, some of us don't understand. Sometimes your spirit is talking to you, trying to tell you that this ain't right, trying to tell you that this is not cool. But we don't listen. We just keep going right along. But when we think about it, it sounds good and it feel good. The Bible warns us about that. It said there will come a time when people will have itching ears, but there'll be somebody that will tickle your ears because they'll preach what you want to hear. They'll teach what you want to hear. They'll talk like you want to talk. And they'll hear, you'll hear all that stuff and it sounds so good to you. But they're leading you to the path of destruction. We've got to understand that the church has to be about saving souls. And it has to be about providing true holiness and righteousness so that the membership can grow and blossom in the spiritual things of God. And not be led down a path of destruction. We've got to make sure that we are not be developing a monster and becoming a monster within this world and within the body of Christ. We don't need any more monsters in the world. We've got enough monsters in the world. We've got enough people being destroyed. We've got enough people being hurt. We've got enough people being abused. We've got enough people being manipulated and mistreated we need more ministries and less monsters so let us be determined to be a ministry and not a monster let us be determined to do what God has called us to do and not our own thing let us be determined to lead people to Christ and not away from Christ. Let us be determined not to divide, but to heal and to bring together. Let us be determined that we're not going to manipulate, but we're going to love and cherish those who come through the door because we want them to experience the true love of Christ. Let us not be a monster, but be a true ministry of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Maybe there's one here. Maybe you're online and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We give this opportunity for you to accept Christ. We give this opportunity for you to come into a right relationship. We're not about pre preaching more rituals than righteousness. We want to share Jesus Christ with you. And if you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you can be a part of the kingdom of God. And you can help us to be a ministry and not a monster. Is there one who wants to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Is there one? 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 The love of God is here calling. The Holy Spirit moving. Is there one? Is there one?
Is there one? Is there one? Amen. 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 Is there one? Amen. 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 Gracious Father, we come now and we bless you. We give glory. We give honor to you, God. And we ask, Father, that you would let your Holy Spirit rest in us. Let your Holy Spirit rule over our lives. Let your Holy Spirit lead us and guide us. Let your Holy Spirit walk with us every step of the journey. God, we want to be children of light and not children of darkness. We want to be those who promote the love of Christ. We want to be those, oh God, who are part of the reconciliation work of Jesus Christ. So, Father, grant us that, that you'll help us to be a part of the reconciling work. Grant us the opportunity, O oh God, to show the love of Christ through our lives. Grant us that, O oh God, as we continue to seek you and to look to you in every way. And God, I pray that you would cover me, God, fill me more and more with your Holy Spirit so that I don't become a master leader, but I want to be a ministry leader, O oh God, that I might lead people in true ministry. God, I pray for those who have been hurt, I pray for those who have experienced pain. I pray for those, oh God, who have found themselves falling out with the church because of a monster within the church. We pray, God, that your Holy Spirit begin to go and move in every ministry, God, convict. Let your Holy Spirit move in every ministry, oh God, and begin to cause unsettled an uneasiness, oh God, within that spirit, because let your truth begin to rule and reign. Let your truth begin to fall down like righteousness, oh God. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit will have his way, God. And we pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would always have his way here. That your Holy Spirit would always have his way within our ministry. That your Holy Spirit would always be at the forefront of whatever we do. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We give glory. We give honor. In Jesus' name we pray.